The men straightened up. The crowd herded back to their seats. They squashed onto the long benches, stood in the makeshift aisles, ranged long legs along the windowsill. There was silence, and in it Grimsby said quietly, This is what you have come to see. The cloth was whisked away to reveal a strange device. The centre was a large copper ball, full of ridges and rivets. It looked like claws clasping each other, or perhaps snakes that writhed over the copper ball. It was held firmly in an open cube of iron, crisscrossed with wrought iron that curlicued in a curious pattern. In the front of the box was a child-sized door. In this box, said Grimsby, I have trapped a fay. Murmurs, tremors, men who would shout if it weren't improper. With a great creaking and grinding, the copper ball slowly opened its interlocking layers. Inside hovered a blue ball of light. When the copper was completely opened, the light burst out of the ball and flung itself at the open door of the iron box. The guests shrieked and ducked, but the blue light did not seem to be able to pass beyond the threshold. It thudded to a stop right at the boundary of the open door. Then it launched itself at the side wall, coming to a stop a hair's breadth from the wrought iron. Back, forth, up and down, till it was spinning around and around the cage with savage ferocity. There, you see, said Alastair, completely trapped. And well deserved, shouted someone from a bench, someone who had had too much wine. It's beautiful, whispered Helen, so quietly that no one could hear her. No one must or could have, and yet next to her was a slight man in black, and he gave one short, sharp nod, not looking at her. But that could be about anything. Her fingers twisted her handkerchief as if to tear it. How far along were Jane and Millicent? So long to carefully take off the current face, so long to press down the old face and bind it in place, so long to return Millicent from that still as death sleep. Helen's fingers wanted to burst out of her hands, fly like birds to check on the women, flutter at Mr. Grimsby, claw his eyes out for being so hateful to poor Millicent. I captured this fay by using one piece of a fay as a seed, said Grimsby. The machine finds all the other pieces of that particular fay and draws them in, restoring the whole fay to itself. He grinned cruelly. Ironically enough, it runs on fay power. And then that fay you captured can be destroyed forever, put in Alastair, his face sharp and blue in the glow. Show them, Grimsby. A hint of malice crept across Grimsby's face at Alastair's words. Now he bent his tall, bony frame to the machine. If he had made it, why didn't he make it to measure, thought Helen, for Grimsby seemed like some kind of strange praying mantis folded around too small prey. A switch, a thrum, as the machine turned on. The blue light keened with pain. It mutated wildly, turning itself into all manner of things, a frog, a tree, a sparrow, a face shining out of the light, low gasps as it formed the face of a small child, tears running down its face. Help me, it said, 
and the words thrummed inside Helen's skull. She felt a tremendous compulsion to run over and let that child free, and by the looks of it, many of the others felt that too. The thrumming grew louder. The face splintered and reformed, struggling to keep its shape. He's caught me! He's caught me! Help! A small boom, like an implosion, and it was gone. Grimsby turned off the machine and straightened up with a smile. No mess, no fuss, he said. We have never been able to destroy a fae before, unless it was trapped in a human. But this, very tidy.